Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Matt Moore, senior NBA writer for the Action Network and Nuggets Insider for 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Joining me tonight, I'm very excited, my good friend, TJ McBride, who has decided to take it upon himself to figure out all the complicated unravelings and ravelings of the Nuggets cap situation and what they're actually going to be able to do financially under the terms of the salary cap going forward this season uh, into the off season. So we're going to talk about what their options are. This is going to be a relatively heavy detail episode. It's going to be a relatively heavy numbers episode in terms of the money and what's available. So if that's not your bag, make sure to tune back in tomorrow as Adam and I on our live show, um, probably just make up some stuff about something. (laughs) I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for our Ultra Moments segment coming up later in the episode. All right, TJ, welcome aboard. Good to see you again. It's great to see you as always, Matt. So let's start right here. What is the entering into this offseason? Go over what the Nuggets financial situation kind of is right now. And what are the key, we've talked about them, what are the key decisions that are going to influence what's available and what's not? So I think the starting point that needs to be emphasized is so many of the decisions that are going to become catalysts for the Nuggets financial offseason are going to be made by people who are not them. It's going to be waiting for Will Barton to make his player option decision. It's going to be waiting for Jermichael Green to make their player option decision. So those two decisions are really the two big starting points here. Will Barton at his $14.6 million player option, Jermichael Green at his $7 million. Um, if everybody just comes back, as simple as that gets, the Nuggets are still going to be a team that is 11 million under the salary, uh, under the luxury tax, but 12 million over the cap. So they only really have two ways of bringing in players other than trades, which is their mid-level exception and minimum deals to guys that they can bring in. They do not have their biannual exception. That was used on Facundo Campazzo last year, so it is not eligible to be used this year. So those are the only avenues to being able to add players that is not through a trade. In addition to that, they have three open roster spots. So the ability to completely fill out this roster is going to be um, pretty quick. I think that this this is going to be a pretty cut and dry offseason for the Nuggets because of how their cap situation is kind of laid out right now. So they have room for the MLE. They can give a full MLE to somebody and they can give a full minimum deal to somebody and they will still be right at that luxury tax line. So that's where it starts. We'll see what Will Barton does because that'll really be the basis of their offseason, but there's not a whole lot of decision making the Nuggets can make regardless of what Will Barton chooses. So it's going to be a off season of very little wiggle room is I think the way to frame it. So even if Barton, if Barton opts out and uh, Jamichael Green opts out, they do not exercise their player option for next season. They both do decline those player options. They are still 8 million over the cap. Is that correct? Uh, no, they will be able, if they both opted out, you're talking about clearing $21 million in space and opening up about eight and a half million dollars under the cap. So they could become an under the cap team in that regard, but you can't really, that's not even the mid-level. So are you going to renounce all of your cap holds? 
to be able to do that because then you lose bird rights on guys like Jermichael Green that you could then re-sign. You lose your bird rights on Will Barton. You lose your bird rights on Paul Millsap if you wanted to then bring him back if you were out of options. So you start getting into very uncertain territory for a very small amount of money. Well, okay, but if they let's say they came to an because like I don't think Paul Millsap's going to have a, like a ton of suitors. And certainly, of course, there's a risk there that he signs with you know a contender and just kind of uh, goes ring chasing. That's definitely a possibility. Jamichael might get a big offer. The Nuggets wouldn't be able to match anyway. Like if Jamichael Green, like if he hears like, hey, no, we'll give you, um, we'll give you six years, sixty, right? Like or not six years, four years, six, uh, four years, forty. Right, like a four-year deal at forty at ten million per, the Nuggets are probably like, okay, yeah. um, good, good job. Another guy that made a lot of money for us and then left. Great, um, but if they were to come to an agreement, they could renounce those cap holds if they were to find a target that fills that that leftover cap space. Yes, yes. The difficult part though is, are you going? to find players of their caliber or near their caliber for a mid-level and that 8 million cap space that could reach the Will Barton, Andrew Michael Green level of play that you currently have on the roster. You are almost inherently taking a step back based on value that you have. If if they if if both guys opt out, do not opt in, if both guys decline their player option and the Nuggets find a target at like 7 million, what's their mid-level situation at? So then you would go in, you would sign them, use your cap space, move into being an above the cap team and use their full mid-level, which comes out to 9.5 million per year. So you can pick up two guys that way. Like yes. if, if, if Barton, if Barton declines his player option and, and green declines his player option, you can sign somebody to get into and then take the full mid, pa- taxpayer mid-level or the above the, the cap full mid-level. non-taxpayer the full mid-level. non-tax mid-level. And then sign another guy at nine. And that gets you another two guys to basically yes. replace who you'd be losing with Barton. Yes. And Green. Okay. The difficulty there is, are you actually going to gain a value in terms of the overall production of the team with what you have at your disposal? Are you building opportunities or are you limiting yourself? If let's say that Jamichael Green opts in. And... Barton declines a player option. Yeah, that's a tough spot because it leaves Denver with just about $2 million of cap space. It's $2.4 million of cap space. So virtually unusable cap, because again, you have to renounce all those cap holds if you want to become an under-the-cap team and use that cap space. If they sign someone from the $2 million they've got under the cap over, Mm-hmm to just under the luxury cap, luxury uh, tax, what's that space? The space between the cap and the luxury tax? Yeah. You're talking about $24 million in space. But that's one, it's going to be one twelve for the, for the salary cap and then one thirty six six for the luxury tax. Okay, so you have quite a bit of room there. Yes. You, so if, if Barden opts out, you've got more room to, to potentially chase like an actually significant player. You just can't get multiple because you basically have to be like, you might yes. be able to do like, hey, we'll give like one guy like a million and then be like, we have to go yes. like bonanza on the other guy and yes. still be under 
the tax. And then um, you come into the problem of the timing. Are you going to get free agents willing to line up with that timing that you need to enact this? Because it becomes very technical in terms of reporting to the league office that these deals are done. It's yeah, very, it gets complicated that. there. I'm not worried about that because like, that's, that's literally the job. Like that's literally <laughs> like, that's, yes. But when it gets to that upper echelon, it does get complicated to the point that the timing of waiting of players waiting for teams becomes problematic. Yeah. Um, so in your opinion, the most likely scenario is they'll have a minimum deal. It sounds like you're expecting both guys to opt in though. I, I, I think that Denver should be hoping for both guys to opt in. I don't know what the market's going to look like. This is going to be so dictated on the market because we have no idea which guys are going to set the market and what it starts to bear out as. Because is Will Barton going to have three or four options out there? Or are they going to look at his injury history and look elsewhere? Is it going to be Tim Hardaway, Norman Powell, and these guys getting the offers instead? We don't know how that market is going to shift. So I have a I have a hard time identifying how I think these players and where they're going to end up. I would. I think the Nuggets are hoping that Will Barton and Jermichael Green opt in because of the lack of options if they don't have them. Okay, um, that makes sense. Let's take a break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about exactly what these scenarios bear out as if, uh, in fact, the extensions come into play, which is a whole <laughs> other ball of wax. We'll do that when we come back. Um, want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at 2.6 calories and only 95 carbs. We're celebrating the ultra moment of the week. And I think uh, for Nuggets fans, the ultra moment of the week is Jamal Murray, I think, on Instagram at the finals. Yes, he was with the Suns and four guys, sure. But just in general, like him enjoying basketball, like Jamal Murray, you know, so tough in the bubble. Like that was a really tough emotional time for him. It was a brutal season. He was hurt pretty much the entire year and then suffered the ACL had the game taken away from him. So it's, it's really cool to see him like lots of guys just leave and they go, go to the beach and Jamal Murray is at the finals watching basketball. That's joy. I think in what they do, that is your ultra moment of the week. We'll be right back on locked on nuggets. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a bit more this season. Back here with TJ McBride. Uh, all right, TJ. So we've gone over the uh, rather unappealing uh, yes. scenarios that are likely if both Will Barton and Jamichael Green decide to opt in and run it back and how limited their options are if both players were to opt to not opt in. So that's that that's. <laughs> Not great. Let's get even worse. And let's talk about what the extensions eligible for both Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. mean for uh, the Nuggets long term. This is going to get very interesting because the Nuggets are kind of locked into this core now shifting away from the Aaron Gordon from the 
Will Barton from the Jamichael Green from this era of basketball is going to be tough because they're not going to be left with a whole lot of options to refill these guys. There's not a whole lot of options for them. When you start looking at extending them, if you choose to get Will Barton to opt in and then extend him, let's just say that he gets something like $15 million a year, a three-year $45 million deal. Does that sound acceptable, Matt? That sounds acceptable, yeah. Okay. This again, all... All, all hypothetical stuff. They did not trade Aaron Gordon to not try and keep Aaron Gordon. Would you say something like a three or four year deal at 18 million per is a pretty good place to start for Aaron Gordon? No. No. Okay. What numbers would you like to play with? Oh boy. Uh, let's start 22. 22. This is going to get very expensive for the Nuggets. And the reason that we're doing this experiment is because when you start putting the numbers together and you look at just how expensive they're going to become, the Nuggets aren't just staring down a luxury tax bill. They're almost looking at the inevitability of becoming a luxury tax team very, very, very quickly. And that is not something you see very often when you have a Kroenke owning your team. So let's have have those two numbers in there. For just 2022-2023, you are going to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players on the roster. Sorry, eight players with Zeke Naji on the roster for sure. And you are already $7 million over the luxury tax. That means you will need to fill out essentially half of your roster that deep. And this is not including the start of the Michael Porter Jr. extension yet, because we haven't even discussed that. That will, I have those numbers in there right now. I have the 28.9 million for his max in there right now. So that can shift. It might get a little cheaper if the Nuggets can convince him to not take a max, but if he takes a max, that's what you're looking at. $7 million over the tax with eight players on your team. How does Denver then fill out a roster? Where does that leave them? I mean, I think they can find... I think they can probably put in options. Like that's the thing is this team's really good about finding guys. Um, yeah. I think it'll be enough veterans that'll be like, yeah, like I'll, I'll come over for the veteran minimum. Like, you pull in a DJ Augustine or a point guard and you pull in you know, that type of player. You pull in, you know, a Trevor Ariza type player to play, uh, you know, back, backup, backup, backup wing. I think you can fill out the roster. The bigger problem is just after Gordon and after Porter, the luxury tax and you would be set on a luxury tax for what the next five years? At l- probably we don't have figures for 2025 and on, so it's difficult to say for sure. But let me put it this way: just putting in those three contracts locks the Nuggets in, locks them into the luxury tax for at least the next three years, which will invoke the repeater tax, True. which Josh Kroenke is sweating right now, even considering that term. So this is where it gets really hairy. And not only that, you're still talking talking about extending Nikola Jokic on a super max the year after this is all happening from right now in 13 months. That is what we are discussing. Denver is going to go from an under the tax team to a repeater with the decisions they're going to make in the next 13 months. And we're going to find out very, very quickly how dedicated this governorship of the Cronkies is to this Denver Nuggets team and winning because it comes, it becomes expensive incredibly quick. Yeah. Okay. So let's run it back. Um, let's put Porter on a max. I got Porter on a max already with full 8% raises as well. Cause like, that's the one that he's got to get. Mm-hmm. Let's put Gordon at 16 per 16. 
Yeah. That's the hometown me, that's, discount. To me, that's the range 16 to 22. Um, I will tell you the people I have spoken with who are not connected to Aaron Gordon. They are not connected to Aaron Gordon. The people I have talked to in the league who are not with the Nuggets have said that they are expecting Aaron Gordon's agency to ask for something like they are going to expect that in free agency in 2022, that his price tag would come at about 25 million. So they're expecting to get close to that and stability early is the idea. Uh huh. That's a lot. Um, I had thought it'd be between 16 and 20. I'm not surprised they're starting out so high because of how rare his talent is. But even if you drop it to 16, Matt, even if you're at that level, when you're talking about all of the rest of those deals we're talking about, a max for Michael Porter and 15 mil per for uh, Will Barton, you're still in a spot that you're in the luxury tax for the next three years, inevitably. Next I mean, season, like, I, with those eight players, you're one million into the luxury tax. Well, let's go the other way, which is like let's just assume that the Cronkies say we'll pay the tax, we won't pay the repeater, flat yes. out, period, end dot. Won't pay like we'll absolutely pay for the tax. We will not pay the repeater. What's what's the route? I, the route is then trading one of Aaron Gordon and Will Barton that you had just signed and finding ways to get off money. Okay. That is the let's, only route in my so opinion. Let's go back. Let's go back. Um, let's say that Barton opts out. Okay. They let's say that they are below the tax. But over the cap. Yeah. Let's say that they're at the cap, that they're right at the cap. Before- well, if you just remove Will Barton entirely, yeah. you're talking about being um essentially eleven million minimum over the cap for the next three years. Okay. With and that's after the extensions? That is after the extensions for Porter and okay. for um, Gordon, but without any over for, the tax over the over the cap over the cap, but not in the tax, but not in the tax. You are thirteen okay. million point eight below the tax. Okay, and this is the year following this coming year. Okay, okay, that's doable. It's right? functional, yeah, yeah. You can, but how are you going to win this year with the prime year of Nikola Jokic if you don't have Will Barton? Again, only the mid-level to be able to replace him. Because even if you open the cap space, it's virtually the same amount of money. So again, only essentially the mid-level. Like, maybe you can convince a guy like Norman Powell or Josh Richardson to take it, which I don't see happening. Maybe you go the Danny Green route or Chris Dunn to get some more defense. But none of these guys are going to remotely add what Will Barton adds to this team. I'll just tell you, Josh Richardson is probably the like, the type of guy, a guy that's at absolute bottom value. Yeah. I, They're on my too expensive for the mid-level, but maybe you can convince them in a weird in a weird circumstance well, I also kind of players. I, I, from my understanding, I just don't think the organization's high on specifically Josh, but that, yeah. level, that level of player that's the caliber. would be like the answer. Like You're right. Like They need Barton. Yeah. But, Barton but it straps you. You're done. If you sign Barton, you were strapped in and good for the next three, four years. Yeah. And so here's the other thing is like Gordon may just not sign the extension. I know he does love Denver. He loves this city. Really enjoyed playing with Nicola. I know that for sure. But I think that there's like a good chance that he just says like, you know, I I just, I want to do the whole free agency thing. Like that's just, I want to do that. And if he does that. So here's the question is, do you lock in? Will. If Gordon won't commit to an extension, 
<laughs> uh, that gets so hairy. Which means that you're strapped to MPJ, Barton, Jokic, and Jamal for... Because it's virtually the same circumstance. You're still about ten million over the cap and nine, you know, twelve million under the under the tax. It's virtually don't have any, they don't circumstance. This what, yeah, this is the thing. Is like after they traded after they traded Gary, they do not have any like well, and like after Millsap is off the books, like there's no longer any like oh well if they move this contract, yep. They can the shortest get- contract on the team at that point would be Monte Morris. This, uh, this, you know, coming up into this period of trading or the year after, where he has three or two years left on his deal, that is the most enticing contract on the Nuggets to then trade for. So you only have picks. You have salary matching and picks. That is all you have left, and they're all long term deals. So you are locked into this roster at that point. So uh, a couple of notes for people listening. One, if you're going like, why do I care about how much the luxury <laughs> tax is? Like he, they should pay to win. Totally agree with you. 100% agree. Would be wonderful. The, the crocky source of, source of income is both a diverse set of business ventures and ultimately sourced in part by Walmart. Like it's limitless is the correct. Yes, they yes. got, they have the money. But it's a business to them you've got to be realistic about what these teams will do. And it's like, if, even if you don't like it, I don't disagree with you not liking it, but if we want to talk about what's going to happen and you're going to look at, if you're, especially if you want to look at like, what should you be looking for as a Nuggets fan? If they re-sign Will Barton, that means that they're, that they are actively saying we are going to war yes. with this team for however long it takes. Now, if Gordon, Here's where it gets into a jam. If Gordon declines the extension (laughs) and you're into it next year, now you're up against it at the trade deadline because if Gordon walks, you have nobody you can really trade to get an upgrade. You have no cap space to acquire upgrades. Like that, it would be very much like next year has got to be the title or bust. You know, and then like basically you're hoping is that what you're hoping is you win the title next year and Gordon goes, I, you know what? We won the title. This is awesome. I don't want, I don't want to play anywhere else. I want to retire as a nugget, you know, go Denver, sign me to a deal. Let's do it. And yeah. then, but even then at that point, if you've got Barton, et cetera, on this deal, like what does Gordon, you're still looking at the same situation, which still puts you back in the repeater. Yep. Which the Cronkies likely aren't going to do. Yes. Oh boy. Yes. So this is the, and this is why, in my opinion, the Nuggets are just absolutely praying that they can at least just keep these guys going because you're not going to have an opportunity like this again. When's the next time for an opt out? Do you know? An opt out for what? For the CBA. It's, I think, two years away, three years away. Um, I know they had their provisional opt-outs that are in there. If there's like a majority rule opt-out, I don't remember how far, I think it's two or three years. So CNBC had this article that I found and I found it was from March when I was doing some research and it just like okay. slid past everybody. And it was wild that it just slid past us. Um, the NBA's media deal expires in 2025. Okay. So three years from now, which is, about right in line when the repeater tax would would be coming due for the nuggets. The early projections, the early projections, currently the league makes $2.6 billion per year off the media deal. 
Yes, I've heard this. The early projections are that they are going to be asking for eight billion with a B. Yes. A year, which would substantially increase the BRI, which would substantially increase the cap. But there's another side to this, which is cable companies are not making money anymore. And they're not paying out for as many things as they have been willing to pay out for. You start getting into different carrier disputes to where potentially there isn't a TV deal to start and it expires. I heard that. And then this was what was told to me by somebody that does this stuff a lot. Uh, They said, okay, let's say that the cable companies say, put put their line in the sand after they, you know, the whole thing with the RSNs, Mm -hmm. like with altitude, Um, they draw the line in the sand. They say, no, we're not going to pay for this. The NBA is then able to go and offer up chunks of games Mm -hmm. versus the entire coverage to YouTube TV, Hulu, Mm -hmm. Netflix, the NBA on Netflix. I agree with all of this, but this is going to make that initial deal. If they don't get a typical carrier deal with cable, the the evaluations of teams is going to go dramatically down. Maybe, but that doesn't really matter. That's also on the table. But that also doesn't matter for the Nuggets because it, like, it doesn't matter for the, what we're talking about here because it doesn't affect the BRI. which doesn't affect It could, them. though, couldn't it? If all of a sudden everybody has less money, they might just lower the salary cap. They've, been, they've thought about that before. Sure, but with what, the I'm telling, what I'm telling you is that the idea is that there's no way that they're going to end up with less even if they diversify the, the product. That's fair. That's fair. Um, now, look, these things are way above you and I's pay grade. <laughs> yes. Yes. They're way more complicated. But I will say that... Um, Given the revenue, like as somebody that is in, on this side of the business, the revenues that legalized gambling have shown state yeah. by state and with 14 more, like there's just so much money and there's an investment for being the, 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 the company that brings that product and is able to monetize that product for sure. So there's like a number of ways I will say, like I've heard in previous places that there was like concern over what the new media was deal was going to be. Yeah. Um, so maybe that report's just completely wrong. And if so, like that could be disastrous, right? Like the cap goes down. The opposite effect I think is, we don't know again, like you're saying, but both are on the table. And I think that's the important thing to realize. And if that happens, like the nuggets, like, we'll just, I'm just gonna be frank with everybody here. Like if that happens, if the cap goes down and the nuggets are in the repeater. Yep. Um, Regardless of what happens with the CBA, which that's what would be the next domino is that they would, the owners would come in wanting to play hardball again. Yep. Um, and we'd have a lockout. Yep. But beyond that, like, I'll just tell you, like the nuggets would look to trade one of the, if not both, depending on how far it fell. One of the key guys. Yeah. Like they would just look to trade one of the key guys. They just would like, I don't know, regardless of who that would be, you know, there would be, there would be demands to lower salary it just would be um there is one other way they could shift things up for their salary cap sheet if they wanted to get really weird but it requires shaking up a big trade this offseason and thinking about something along the lines of can we build a package around jamal murray for damian lillard type of level move not saying they should or they have considered it or it's a good idea but that is really the only other option that is on the table people have brought up signing trading will barton you're not going to get anything back like right. sign and trades are nice and all, but no, it's not happening. And Denver, if they end up do spending a lot of money, don't want to get hard capped if they hit that tax apron, which I don't ever see happening. But also, let's not just play with that for no reason. 
So those are the only, really only other two options that exist. Good times. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk uh, about what potential free agents the Nuggets could sign. Uh, we'll do that when we come back on Locked on Nuggets. But first, I do want to tell you about Rock Auto. You go to a big box store, you're going to get a different price than what everybody else that are professionals have to pay. Those professionals, the mechanics, they don't get the same prices you do. They get better ones. But at rockauto.com, all the prices are the same. You're going to get the parts that you want specifically and no intimidating encounters or pointless questioning. You get to just click and find what you need with rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30% or 50% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Look, a fuel pump on a Honda Odyssey is $353 for a chain store. At Rock Auto, it's $216. It's like $135 plus less at Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. We'll be right back on Locked On. Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager, Ryan McDonough. Our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades, and I can tell you there have been trades, for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y Odyssey. Back here with TJ McBride. Um, TJ, I'll just ask this question like really bluntly. What are some free agents that you think are conceivable targets for the Nuggets? So let's start with the ones who, if the market dictates that their value has just fallen, maybe you can you can convince them of that mid-level exception. Those are guys like Evan Fournier, Tim Hardaway Jr., Spencer Dinwiddie, Josh Richardson, Norman Powell, Kelly Oubre, Otto Porter Jr. Those are that's the caliber of player you're talking about. Hoping falls to you at the mid-level exception, in my opinion. Um, then you start looking at it based on like I think Denver needs guards or a big. Start talking about guys like Danny Green, JJ Redick, Alec Burks, maybe Chris Dunn for a better defensive option. Or one guy that I like, which is Garrett Temple, who can do a little bit of everything. Um, Doug McDermott or Derek Jones Jr., maybe Tony Snell as a wing, get three-point shooting and a little bit more length in terms of Derek Jones Jr. You can add more athleticism. Uh, for bigs, Robin Lopez, Cody Zeller, Kelly Olenek, Daniel Tice. Those are the kinds of guys that you're looking at. That's the list that I've kind of put together that I thought fit for what Denver was looking for. Kelly Olenek gives you that top of the break three-point shooter off the bench to give Jokic a break. Um, smart player. Daniel Tice works hard, has a good motor. Again, can play four or five. Those are really only the kind of caliber of player you can find. And that's why I think it's so important that Denver gets these guys to opt in and extend them. Because if you don't, these are the players you're looking at replacing Will Barton with. If you do lose to Michael Green, this is the kind of player you're looking at replacing them with. So that's a nerve wracking place to be if you are Denver, because even though it's not a terrible free agent pool, there's just nothing that's a clear upgrade for you. And that's really concerning. Yeah. So, I mean, let's take Tim Hardaway Jr. and just 
wipe him off the board. That guy's I'm with getting, you. That guy's getting like twenty million a year, um, or at least like eighteen, if not more. Like he's making. 20. Fournier might be around there as well. Yeah, I don't think Fournier's. I don't think Fournier's is. I don't. I mean. I think the bigger problem is just that Evan Fournier was here and that did not end well. Yes. And yes. so I don't like that one. I'll go ahead and remove. Um, two Didn't center options. off rehab. Okay. Two center options. I think are Cody Zeller. Who's an undraft. Who's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. I think that's doable. And you mentioned Olenek. Um, Those are two options. I think Olenek would be a very, like that'd be a very high EV signing. Yeah. If they got him for the full mid, that would be an absolutely bang up signing. He basically totally like, he corrects all of your issues with backup center minutes immediately. Like yeah. you can run the same stuff. You can operate the same way. He's not as good of a passer, but he's a really good passer. He's not as good of a shooter, but he's a really good shooter. Like he, he is like, he is very much like the Kmart version of Jokic. Yes, so, for sure. Like and he can play small or big. He can play pick and roll with Monte Morris. Like he gives you that offensive versatility. You just don't find another backup bigs. Yeah. Um, I like Zeller a lot. I do too. Um, I think you'll want more than the mid-level, but I do like Zeller a lot. I don't know they will. I don't know if the if the market will bear out for him. I don't think um, anybody's going to want a center, even though he's got such good switch numbers. I don't think yeah. anybody's going to really look for him. You know what's a buy low candidate? Who? Uh, Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Kelly. I, so he's on my list of, I think he's going to want more than the mid-level, but if his market falls to where he's available for a mid-level, I would love his him as a add-on to this, as a big man. Not as a wing, as a big man. If he takes it, like if he takes it, I don't think he can play big. I, I don't, I'm not with you there. I think if if he tests the market and just doesn't find it, like that's what guys will usually do is if they test the market and they find that they cannot get what the money they want, they're like, okay, then I'm going to go show out for a team that's winning, yeah. show up at the playoffs, and then make a lot of money. Uh, the Jay Crowder, essentially, yeah. is how that goes. Um, okay. Uh, JJ Redick is technically available. Is that... <laughs> We'll see what happens with JJ. He's on the list because he's a good shooter and Denver needs more shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Ariza's past his prime. Yeah, I didn't even include him. Uh, Mills is going to require too much. Yep. Snell, I like. I think Snell is yeah. a, a good option. I think he's, he's a... 6'6 six, six and 40% three. Like, what yep. else can you ask for from a guy on the mid-level? Yep, pure shooter. Just he'll drive, defense. he'll drive Adam nuts. I'll like him. It'll be great. <laughs> um, the dream is Spencer Dinwiddie, which is it was obviously not coming for the mid level. Um, yeah. For those that would want to know, what is that like? I guess he is the only guy that I would look at in terms of if J. Mike opted out and Will declined as well, and they yeah. both were or off, and you you had that spot where you were nine million. What was the number? How many would they be under? It'd be eight to nine million, depending on nine million what you're talking about. That's yeah. the guy that I would be like. You know what? Let's give him like a three-year, sixty million dollar deal. Oh man, that is so much for Spencer Dinwiddie off an ACL surgery. But still, like, I don't disagree with you. I, I love the skill set fit. It's like, just nerve wracking at that price. Like Spencer and two guys off ACL injuries, but like <laughs> Spencer and Jamal with Jokic, Gordon, and MPJ. And he gives you the three levels of scoring that you need and the size of the point of attack. Like, again, I, I get it. I don't care who you fill out the rest of the roster with. Like, have Faku <laughs> play small forward. I don't care. <laughs> we like, have brought Matt to Faku small forward land. That is what has happened with Spencer Dinwiddie being mentioned. Yeah. Wow. What um, about Norman Powell? No. No, what? Not not going to be there price-wise? He's not, gonna or be, not so worth he, it? He's like the worst of all worlds. He's not going to be there price-wise. <laughs> 
all the slander is real. No, it's not that. It's just like he's not going to be there price wise. What does he do that Denver needs? Adds point of attack defense. Yeah. A lot more than they have. Did it feel like he was doing a lot of point of attack defense? He was on the Portland roster. That is an. Uh, that, Nobody could look good on that Portland roster. I do think Norman Powell would be a significant upgrade at the point of attack defense in the half. He'd be a, he'd be a point. Like he would defend closeouts better than will. Right. Yes. Um, I think he'd fight over screens better than anyone on the team too. I think his playmaking is a little overrated. Like that was Portland's whole idea is like, Oh, he's gonna be this other. And he just doesn't do much. Like he just doesn't. So I don't know. I think it's, it's fine, but I honestly just think it's irrelevant. I just think he's going to get a huge deal. Yeah. Like I would, he is not a guy I would go over. I would not go over the cap and use up to the, that space on him. That's not, he, yeah. he's not a guy that I, I think moves the needle for Denver. I think there's lots of guys that Norman Powell can move the needle for, but yeah. I also think also Portland, Portland's basically in a situation where like Olshay has painted himself into a corner. Yeah. Like Neil Olshay sold out Terry Stotts and said, no, 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 the roster's fine. Just better pay your roster that you were so high and mighty yeah. about now all of a sudden yeah, you huh? can't now you, if you want to keep dame you you can't you can't let norman powell walk yeah so they that's gotta fair. keep them so i don't think that that's doable fair. um i want to be very clear i think norman powell's a really, a really good player it's just like denver needs high impact players in very specific areas and norman yeah. powell is like a really good player in a lot of different areas i totally agree with all of everything that you said so um oh, here's one dante exum he was on my list. Um, I think there's not enough offense for you to justify giving him the mid, the full mid level for where they're at at the guard level. Okay. That's really what it came down to for me. Uh, Lonzo's absolutely going to get the ball. Frank, Frank Nilakina is on the list as well. He was very similar to Dante Exum to me, where it's like great defense, but I'm not going to trust anything. That feels insulting to Dante. That's, that's... It, it, it probably was a little insulting to Dante, Un, accidentally, but still was insulting to Dante. I don't think, I think he'll get paid more than this because guys like this tend to. 29 year old Doug McDermott. Yep, he's on my list. And he 38% from three, 44% from the field, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, played seventy two games. <laughs> he'd be a really good option. Yeah, you can play him at, at multiple spots. He provides a little bit of insurance for MPJ. Well, he's what they don't have right now in Milwaukee, like the Dante Divincenzo type of player. Like that's exactly the kind of player you'd begin with, Doug McDermott. Um, Ish Smith. Again, just not worth the mid level to me. Simply, well, stated. It's, it's also just like you don't need guards right now. Like you need wings. And if you're gonna get a guard, you need either point of attack defense or elite three point shooting. Wow. One of the two. Alec Burks is 30. How did that? I know. Well, he also played longer in college too. And then he was hurt and he just like disappeared from our consciousness for years. So yeah, but Alec Burks is another good option. He's on my list as well. That one's pretty good. Um, What do you think of Chris Dunn? If you're going to go defense, I love Chris Dunn. I don't think you can have him on this team because I agree. You can't have a non-shooter. You just can't. They're totally on offense. So like you can't have another Tory. Are you in the Garrett Temple corner with me? Do you oh, like yeah. Garrett Temple? Oh, yeah. I think he'd I love, be a great option for, for the mid level. For him. He'd, be great, he'd be a great option. I think he. I also think you don't have to give him the full mid either. Yeah, you might not. You might I think not. You can give him the partial mid and and save yourself some money. I think that that wouldn't be bad at all. Um, he also could get the. Is he is he a ten year event or is he under that? Uh, he's over it. He's eleven. Okay, so the one little hitch in the Nuggets MLE and a vet minimum, they would be 150k over the tax if they signed someone that was 10 years plus in the league. That's that close. So there is a little hitch there. Uh, Mo Harkless would be a great one. 
Ooh, I didn't see him. He is a great one though. Yeah, he's a unrestricted free agent. Um, yeah, I think that's actually that would be a great target. Uh, I think he's a guy that would thrive in Denver. I think he 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 would probably blossom similar to where Jeremy Grant's offensive game did. Like he has more in his bag. I just want a veteran with length that can shoot. That's like <laughs> that's just all they really need. Patrick Patterson, Tony Snell, man. Patrick Patterson's another one. Just add all the Clippers. Just slowly take all their power forward. <laughs> just. <laughs> recycle and reuse and so we'll get, we'll get marcus morris in like oh, four God. years when he's broken no down. he's actually like quiet downed and matured mm-hmm. yeah like that I, that's never actually going to be a thing i'm not going to get my hopes up there um what do you think of Derek jones jr as an athlete uh because he would be a guy that would probably fall into that value range here here is I agree, but I think it's honestly a little bit much for him. Like, I don't think you give him the full MLA. I think you give him like a partial. I agree. Here's the other thing. Derek Jones Jr. has been a, a, a highly touted signing in the regular season for two seasons in a row or addition on two different teams and then has completely not played in the playoffs. Like, yeah. DJJ got benched by Scott. He can't switch. That's like, for someone as athletic and mobile as he is, he can't move laterally. And it just doesn't work very well. Is a problem. Um, Kev Bazemore? He, I, I thought he would probably ask for more. I don't know where he's at in terms of ability to play and how he's long made a lot he of can money. play. I think he's in a pretty good spot. It depends on if Golden State wants it. Golden State and he point. wants to stay in Golden State forever. So like I kind of just moved on mentally from him. Oh, I like this one a lot. Each one more. Yeah, you and I both are big Etwan Moore. I think it's the same reason we both like Garrett Temple too. Um, Etwan Moore has just taken more of a step back. I think he'd be more of a partial mid-level guy. Um, yeah but I definitely think that he's the type of player that I would like at that value. Someone who gives you a little bit of everything offensively and tries hard defensively, even if undersized. Let me ask you something. What, what are the odds that they just give Austin Rivers? I don't know. I, I, I'm happy we can bring this up. There is not a single reason for Denver to use any of their cast base on Austin. I love Austin Rivers. I thought he was great. There is not a reason to bring him back. Unless you lose Will Barton and you literally are out of options on the free agent market, I just don't see a reason to choose him over all of the other names that we have discussed over the last 15 minutes. And then also the fact that you have Faku, Dozier, Monte Morris still on the roster. So I but, don't quite see it. But what if you traded Faku and Bowl for something? I mean, if we're going to live in theory mm-hmm. land, then sure, maybe that mm-hmm. thinks of something. They might cut Vlaco as well. Nicole Jokic's best friend and open up cast space for Austin Rivers. That would million. totally if, happen. If, if, they, if they traded Faku and Bowl, that's $5 million, and they could clear up some more room. Well, this is the thing, though, is that they're going to be an above-the-cap team, so it's vet minimum or part of the mid-level, whatever's left, which isn't going to be $5 million. Yeah. So that doesn't really work. Like, are you going to use most of your mid-level on Austin Rivers? I'm not, but... Oh, no. You know who's available? Who? Billy Hernan Gomez. Oh, just the perfect, not useful big that you can throw out there and soak up minutes who's, and who's, fall behind. Wancho, Wancho's brother that, that Nicola loves, just... You, you, you want to bring Billy over as the Jokic friend role? You want to replace Vlatko with Billy? That's what's oh, happening can't, here? Can't say that after Adam just went out and, and was basically like touting that he believes in, in Vlatko. <laughs> Listen, I, I watched all of the Real Madrid Faku, or all the Real, Real Madrid um, Vlatko. Like, I really enjoy watching Faku. Oh, my God. I keep thinking Real Madrid and going to Faku. Vlatko, but he's not an NBA player. He has a decent shot. He moves okay. He seems to be a little bit more athletic, but I don't see him ever making an impact. He's a utility player on a baseball team you throw out when you have injuries. All right, we are through all the guys that I think actually 
Like Solomon yeah. Hill is the only other guy I could kind of find. Which yeah, you can throw him on the list. That's fine. Maybe Jeff Green if the if the Bucks if the Nets would rather don't bring him back. So but again, the problem is that oh, this no. is where Denver is if they don't get it. There's him. one more. This one I would absolutely 100 give the full MLE to. Uh, I would give the full MLE to Reggie Bullock. Yes, I'm in. I like this. Is, does he have a player option or is he a free agent? He's a free agent. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yes, I would. I would give the full mid level three years to 30, Reggie Bullock. Thirty years old. Uh, eight years experience, made four mil last year. I would, he would play really well for the Knicks. Tough too. He is tough, not like a tough veteran defender that just knows how to play basketball. And can shoot threes. He's a good, good shooter. Good shooter. Done. I'm with you on this. Again, like that's the thing. Those combo of skills. Can they add defense? Can they add shooting? Are they able to play, you know, big and give you that sense of Jokic and also be able to like keep a bench unit afloat? Like you need these guys to fill specialty roles just to keep you afloat. That's all they're looking for at the mid-level, in my opinion. So find your specialist. All right. That's TJ McBride. Thanks for coming on to explain all of the things about uh, all of these very complicated. I love being nerdy with you, Matt. I know. And like, here's the thing is like, everyone's like, I'm going to build this podcast as like free agency preview. And like, everyone's going to get excited about who they can get. Like, what about Kawhi? (laughs) And you and me are like, yo, who's great is Reggie Bullock. Let's get Reggie Bullock and Etwan Moore on the Nuggets. That's, that's we had a Dante move. Exum slander yeah. moment. That's how yeah. far down we went. So yeah, there yeah. you go. That's where the Nuggets are at. All right, that's TJ McBride. You can follow him <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, that's in the uh, notes for the show. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for a live show at twelve noon uh, Mountain Time uh, with me and Adam. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow on Spotify Green Room on the live show. For TJ McBride, I'm Matt Moore. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Nuggets. <laughs>